This city is a dirty, ugly thing. A monster born of a violent past, clawing its way into a doomed future. The streets are its veins, carrying its diseased lifeblood. Its skyscrapers are twisted bones, jutting up into the blackened heavens. And at the withered heart of it all is a dingy office tucked into a dilapidated slum. The door reads, Blake Sky, Private Eye. It's been a while, pal. Sorry you've just been sitting in here collecting dust. After we made it out of the Tantalus, Eleanor blacked out. We didn't really know where we were going. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true. One of us knew where we were going. Mickey, in their usual decisive manner, declared we were going somewhere safe. Somewhere that was completely secret save for only the most trusted of allies. Which is why I am here, in a borrowed robe, drinking bourbon that costs more than I made in an entire month, in the parlor of a notorious gangster. Eleanor's been sleeping for... God, two days now. She's banged up pretty bad. That ward spell she cast, it might have saved us, but she took everything the Rat King dished out. I didn't even notice the bruises. At least, not until we were laying her down in one of the guest beds. We've been taking turns watching her, making sure she's okay. Gordon and I have been... I don't know. I can tell he's hurt. I mean, I thought he betrayed us. I let my fear, my insecurity take hold. And now every time I look in his eyes, I see the scars, the scars that I gave him. I'm tired, Webster. I know that doesn't sound like anything new, but I am just... I'm just so damn tired. Everything feels like I'm lost at sea, fighting to survive, not to sink, but in the end, knowing it's just a matter of time. And I'm looking, I'm trying to find anything to hold on to, to stay afloat, something to brace me against the waves crashing over and over, day after day. But you know what I find? I find other people, other people struggling just like me to keep their head above water. And then I have to decide, am I going to drag them down with me? Or am I going to just lay back, sink, 
and as the water takes me, pray that they're going to be better off without me. I'm still having the dreams. That place, Chagarum, whatever it is. You'd think that knowing you can't die would be some sort of comfort. But it's not. Because I know that there's a chance it might not be me coming back. It could be another Blake with another life. And then what? Am I... Am I going to forget my family? Or Gordon? Or Eleanor? Jesus. How have I failed her this badly? You know, I, I told her she'd be safe. I told her I would keep her safe. That we'd get answers together. She's been the one finding the answers. She's been the one keeping me safe. Every time... She looks into those books, or says those words. She's putting herself at risk. Her body, her mind, her very soul. And we're letting her. I'm letting her. I'd expect this sort of thing from Mickey, but... What are we expecting? You scared the hell out of me. I can tell. Not a dead rook single barrel on my floor. I hope you don't mind if I helped myself to your stash. Sorry about the mess. It's hardwood. But next time, steal something better. You drink gin? Or, uh, you allergic to good booze? Well, I never met an alcohol I couldn't drink. How about you pour me some? Genevieve's. The very best. Gin was actually named after it. Really, that's interesting, because the label here says Guinevere's. Yeah, that's what I said. Guinevere's. Now shut up and drink. Whew. They managed to fit the whole Christmas tree in there? Or just half of it? I don't know. They fit the whole jackass in you, or just half? <laughs> well, with this Chargarum business, I guess technically it's two for one on jackasses in here. Right. Right. Forgot about your magic thing. Say, what are you doing up sneaking around? You know it's creepy enough that you've got a statue of yourself in your bedroom. It's not a statue. It's a mannequin. Plenty of people have stuff like that in their house. Yeah, a perfectly normal mannequin. With sculpted hair and a copy of your face on it. It's actually got a couple faces. How else am I going to tell my dancing suit from my, uh, my negotiation suit? Well, you could always try them on in front of a mirror. You know, like a regular human would. Look, every other human ever might have time for that, but I don't. This way, my tailor can just use the mannequin, get the fit right, leave me to my work. I swear, some of what you say, it has to be a joke, but for the life of me, I can't tell which part is the punchline. Oh. Another case you can't crack? Maybe this detective gig isn't for you. I am serious, though. What's got you up? How about you answer me first? What are we expecting of your old pal, Mickey? I was just... I was just thinking about Eleanor. Ah. Let me guess. You're sad, you feel guilty... 
You're treating her like she's a kid. Mickey, you saw what happened to her. Those bruises. Bruises heal. She's tough. And it's her decision. So that's just it. You're perfectly fine with all of this. It's not about what I'm fine with. Things just are. You don't deal with what you're fine with. You deal with what is. Well, what is is that Eleanor, she's a good kid. Too good. She's kind. Smart. You know the only thing she did wrong? She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. She's gonna do whatever she can to help people, protect people, and get answers. And it's gonna get her killed. You know that, right? Do you write these speeches in advance, or...? Mickey, I am being serious. Fine. Yeah, I know Elle would die to protect us. Especially you. But I also know that's not gonna happen. She's not gonna let that happen. And if you're really nervous, I can get her a gun. Actually, she's already got a, a gun. I, I lifted a derringer off of one of Howard's thugs. Oh, not that one I saw her pull out when she was unloading her books at the Tantalus, right? That thing's an antique. Well, I wasn't planning on her using it. I, I swore she'd never need to. That it was that it was just for my peace of mind. You'd better hope she never has to use it. Even if a piece like that goes off at all, it might take off a couple of fingers. I've seen it happen. Hell, I don't even know why we're talking about this. What good is a gun going to do against something like the Rat King? I mean, look at what happened to your men. They went in early. That's why they died. <sighs> Mickey, I know you don't like me, but... Now why the hell would you think that? You had your goons break my ribs, Mickey. First off, Matthew and Johnny are not goons. They're enforcers, not goons. Second, I've had many people's ribs broken. Hell, I broke Johnny's ribs in basic training. Now his mother sends me Christmas sweaters. You know, we've seen some crazy things, but I don't think anything is harder to imagine than you wearing a sweater. Oh, I don't. But that's not the point. The point is, I hauled your dumb machine out of a collapsing building, put you up in two separate safe houses. If I hated you, I'd just leave you in the lurch. Safe house might be a strong word there. What with the last one being a smoldering pile of rubble. Well, it didn't used to be. And this one isn't now. Well, I guess that's worth drinking, too. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Promise me something, Mickey. I need you to promise me that you're going to work with me in keeping Eleanor safe. She's going to get hurt, like... Nobody gets through life without getting hurt. But I'm not going to let her die. Thanks. Really. So... Um... So, uh... Yeah? Spit it out, Flatfoot. Yeah, I, I just, uh... You... You reading anything currently? <laughs> Is this small talk? Are you... Trying to make small talk with me? Because it's adorable how bad you are at it. L listen, I... I don't know 
what you do for fun. It, it might surprise you, but not all of us have crime bosses for friends. You should. We're a blast. To answer your question, I spend a lot of time on work. Spare time is usually drinks, dinner, shows. Being out there, staying social. What about you? You get out much? No. I was kind of, uh, holed up for a pretty good bit of time there. Yeah? Why is that? The ribs. Huh. Right. That, again. Hey, how about any time the answer is that time I broke your ribs, we just have a drink instead. Works for me. Broken ribs aside, what do you do for fun? You, you do know how to have fun, right? You're boring, but you can't be that boring. Well, when I'm not in absolute agony every time I breathe. Drink? Fine. Cheers. Oh. Anyway, I'm not really what you'd call a social kind of guy. Spend most of my time making ends meet, which means taking a lot of jobs. Not a lot of time to paint the town red. Come on. Give me something, anything. Fine, fine. Um, I guess I like taking late night walks to the Red Hand, talking to Gordon, and just watching people, you know? Trying to figure out who they are, what their story is. Christ alive, even your hobbies are nosy. Well, I could have said listening to the radio, but uh, I had to pawn that. Why? What? Yep. Cheers. You mentioned basic training earlier. Where were you stationed during the war? Oh, funny story. Yeah. <laughs> never really got to that part. You're saying you never got to being stationed anywhere during a war. You want the long and the short of it? I know this might surprise you, but I don't do well with certain structures of authority. And they don't do well with me. So we, um... We parted ways, amicably. You know, that's gotta be the fanciest way a person's ever said, I deserted. Potato, tomato. The important thing is that Johnny and I came to an understanding in the break. Next morning, we, uh, made our exit. Spent the remainder of the war on the lamb. Honestly, that's a pretty smart move. Really? I would have figured you'd try and give me some speech. How I'm spitting in Uncle Sam's face, being a no-good, dirty anarchist. Alright, first off, I'm not gonna lie, that was a pretty good impression. But second, yeah, you know what? You might be a no-good, dirty anarchist, but, uh, but the war... There's nothing good about the war. A lot of people died, and what was it for? For treaties? For land? For...
pride? No. The best thing that any of us could have done is sit it out. Wait, right, careful. You're starting to sound like a no-good, dirty anarchist yourself. Hey. To everyone who didn't make it back. And to those of us who did. <sighs> Say, I'm curious. Oh, really? I had no idea. Ha ha. Funny stuff there, Mickey. No, what I mean is, I'm curious about you and your family. See, most of the gangs in this city are, are a family affair. But you and, and your gang, you just kind of kind of came onto the scene. Well, never really knew my dad, so he can't have helped out much. Mom came to America when I was young. Raised me alone. I'd say she did her best, but... Uh, uh. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, don't go pretending my past is your fault. You're not that important. I got a brother, too. But he doesn't really want me around. And that's for the best. Safer. So yeah, I'm self-made. Carved a nice little home for myself here. Made myself a little family to fill it. What about you? Are all your family appliances, or is that a recent thing? <laughs> Me? My childhood was like something out of a Norman Rockwell painting. My dad was a farmer. Just like his dad, just like his. The land had been in our family for I don't know how long. Mom organized charity events. Sang in the church choir. Everybody loves my mom. <laughs> and my sister, June. Real tomboy. <laughs> you know, I, I remember when Chuck Brisby started a rumor about him and her. She laid him out so hard that... What? What? Why are you smiling at me like that? Because you're doing something other than moping and grumbling. They sound nice. Why are you here? Why aren't you back there, living that Normie Rockwell life? Because. Because I'm... I'm not the same person that left. Yeah, back to moping. You need to loosen up. Smile more. What, you think I should just pretend that everything's fine? Sure. Just smile. Enjoy yourself. Even if it's all a mess. Always has been, always will be. So why sweat it? Just make the most of it and smile until it's over. No, that's, that's not right. You're wrong. You act like it's all set in stone, but people can change things. Oh, people could change things. But there's some folks who have more than they could ever want. And a lot of people who never know what they deserve. And until that gets fixed, it's... Well, it's all pointless. But how are people supposed to change unless a person can change? And a person won't change. As long as there's food on the table, drink in their hand, and somebody else doing the hard work for them. So hey, what do you know? Here we are. Nothing ever changes. You really don't believe that people can change? That a person 
can change, do you? I broke your ribs. All that got me was a couple months of peace and quiet, and then a whole lot of you complaining about me breaking your ribs. You didn't change. Why would they? First off, drink. You know, twice, actually. Slaughter. Slaughter. Second, you're wrong. I have changed. I used to hate you. The kind of hate where you fall asleep and you dream about grabbing a baseball bat and hitting a home run with somebody's head. You'd be lucky to get a single. Look, the point I'm getting at is that I used to think you were like every other gangster in this town. I can't say that I think you're good, but I think... I think you're doing the best you can. I mean, you looked out for me and Eleanor. You care about your men. You care about Gordon. Oh, I'm touched. That's nice of you. You trying to sweet talk me? I'm flattered, but I'm not really in the market. You do know I'm dating Gordon, right? Oh, really? Huh, I... I was wondering about that. You know, after the the whole... How could you betray me? Bit at the theater. Well, well, good for you. Honestly, I'm... I'm not sure where we are. I thought we were... Getting better, and then after that... I think we're just... Both scared that if we say anything, it's just gonna fall apart. Oof. The uh, foundation of any solid relationship, I'm sure. Alright. Alright, Mickey. I I gotta ask you. And I don't want to judge. I'm not picking a fight. I just need to know. What is it you're holding over Gordon's head? Holding over... What makes you think I'm holding something over him? A lot of people work for me. A lot of people choose to. It's the way he acts around you. I don't know, like he's... Like he's keeping one eye on you at all times. Waiting to react to you. To fix something you're gonna just drop on him. But here's the thing. After the Tantalus, I'm done being paranoid about this about you and him. I just want to fill in this hole and make things better. Gordon's never going to tell me what's wrong. And if he doesn't do that, then I've got to come to you. I've got to ask you, what are you holding on him? If he's not going to tell you, why should I? But minding your business isn't your strong suit, huh? You know what? Fine. You're right. It's none of my business. You can keep it between you and him. Just... Just let him go. Alright? You know what? You're a business person. How about we make a deal right now? You wipe his slate clean. I'll do whatever you want. Anything. Anything I want, huh? Flatfoot, I can think of a lot of things. I don't care. 
I want him to be happy. I want him to trust me. I just want to make things right. Because I love him. No. No deal. What? You heard me. No deal. End of discussion. No. Mickey, I'm serious. I will- I'm sure you are. Let me ask you a question, Blake. No jokes. Real, honest answers. You know, the kind you're always looking for. Why are you like this? What do you mean? This whole white knight routine. Your whole... This. Everything. The fighting for truth and justice. The taking on an impossible cause. Saving damsels and kittens out of trees and all that other garbage. Why do you do it? You trying to make mom and pop sky proud? Trying to get an edge on the other folks? Are you trying to make up for something you did? Something bad? Yeah. That's it. Got it all over you. You act like this is selfless, but you're just trying to fill a hole. Trying to fix something you broke. Guess what, Blake? You can't. Damage is done, it breaks, it's broken. You just live with it. No, that's not true. You you can fix things, you can... So what'd you do, Blake? It's gotta be a real whopper if it's made you this much of a masochist. Let me guess. Was it something during the war? Hey, we're not judging, remember? I know. Plenty of guys who did things over there. It's not like that. I was... I didn't... Struggling with some German blood on your hands? Hey, I understand. Some of the stories Matthew told me? (sighs) Bad news. Still wakes up screaming. You know that? Was it friendly fire? Listen, war's hell. Nobody's gonna blame you. No, I'm not gonna blame you. If you, uh... Accidentally murdered a friend. Yeah. You're right, I... I killed them. Who? Who'd you kill, Blake? Come on. We're friends, aren't we? Tell me who you killed. I was stationed on a destroyer during the war. The the USS Bagley. We escorted convoys between England and France. It honestly was pretty slow. We didn't see much action. A couple run-ins, but nothing big. I was a lookout. Kept my eyes peeled for German (laughs) U-boats. Skipper always said I was the sharpest set of eyes on the whole damn ship. Alright. So what happened? We were making a port call in England. We were actually just about to go back to sea, so... Everybody was a little hot under the collar, trying to make the most of it. I'd had more than my fair share to drink, and me and some pals were stumbling around the city. Then I heard a struggle. We went to go investigate, and we found one of the officers from our ship, Ensign Marino, getting handsy with a barmaid. I walked over, and I told him to knock it off, 
And then he tried to pull rank on me, told me to stand down to mind my place. My friends tried to tell me that it wasn't my fight. And then Marino grabbed her arm as she tried to pull away, twisted her wrist, and she screamed. She screamed real loud, and I just lost it. I just hauled off and I decked him across the face. Well, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. That was about the time that a chair broke across my back. I woke up with a broken jaw and a set of cuffs around my wrist. I had to wait for the ship to return so that the captain could bring me up for striking a superior officer. Oh. Didn't come back, did it? A German U-boat caught them by surprise, struck them with two torpedoes. Apparently the bow lifted out of the water. The Bagley's death charges must have been loose because there was a detonation. The entire midsection erupting into a fireball. Both halves sank like stones. How do you know that? You know, that's the thing. That German commander on the U-boat he must have thought himself a old-time gentleman. He radioed our forces, gave the coordinates, and explained everything that happened. He probably thought he was going to save a lot of lives that day. Oh, I guess he wasn't, was he? No. No. Because the Bagley sank so fast, they didn't have time to get many supplies into the emergency rafts. My skipper must have been afraid that they were going to starve at sea. So, uh, it looks like he made a break for the French coast. And it was just in time for a storm to roll in. Somebody told me that if they had stayed in the same place, the English probably would have found them. But with the storm, the waves, the rain, all of it, the search was next to impossible. Every man on that ship died. I'm the only member of the crew left alive. And that means you killed them. Y yes. Yes, I was the lookout. I could have spotted the U-boat or the torpedoes in the water. If I was there, I could have done something. But I wasn't. And they're all dead because of me. <laughs> Blake. What? You're an arrogant prick. Excuse me? Do you really think you're the reason they died? That if you were there, everything would have gone different? No. You'd be dead too. Just another name on the list. All those deaths, they died because of war, because of your captain, because of an act of God. And yeah, maybe you not being there was part of it, but you being there wouldn't be enough. It's never enough. It's never going to be enough anywhere. No, that's, that's not true. I can, I can fix things. I can fix this. I can fix everything. Can you, Blake? Because even if you protect Eleanor, 
even if you make Gordon happy, even if you stop August Howard and put him and his cronies in the ground or in jail or whatever the hell it is you want, that boat's still going to be at the bottom of the ocean, and those men will still be dead. And you know that. Because you're not looking to fix this. You're looking for forgiveness. You want a big finish. Some grand sacrifice where people will look at your tombstone and go, yeah, his life was worth it. And yeah, I know you can't die anymore, but honestly, you're such an arrogant asshole, I'm sure you'll find a way. Do you know what I'm going to do at your funeral, Blake? I'm going to pass around my flask, console your friends and family, and put on a smile. Christ, now you got me making speeches. Thanks a lot for that. I'm going to go to bed. Put the booze up when you're done. Webster, just in case anything ever happens to me, I need you to keep this message. O'Shea, no, scratch that. Okay, Mickey, everything you just said to me, it's probably right. I'm probably arrogant. There's a pretty good chance I'm a grade-A asshole. And I'm definitely just, just looking to find a way to make things even. 
But even then, I... I can't stop. I don't know how to stop feeling like it's... Like it's my fault. You know, I... I actually did try and come home once. I was at the station, waiting. But I couldn't think about my family. I couldn't even picture my mom's face. I couldn't hear my dad's voice. I was too busy thinking about about every family member to every sailor on the Bagley. How they'd never get to see their sons again. I didn't deserve to be alive. They did. I wanted to just throw myself in front of a train so badly. But even that, even that was selfish. I couldn't do it. I had to do the right thing. I had to keep living, keep fighting, keep working to make their death mean something. So I ended up drifting, not knowing where I was going. And eventually, I became a private investigator. It seemed like a way that I could give something back. Make sense of the universe, find answers for people. But it turns out those answers are just who's your husband cheating with and who's lifting from the company till. And then I met Eleanor. Eleanor was the first time that I felt like I was coming even close to making a difference, to being the person that I needed to be for them. But I'm useless. And that's terrifying. I'm scared that when the chips are down, I'm going to fail. And it's all going to be pointless. You know what? Maybe it is. Listening to you, I almost wanted it to be pointless. Do you have any idea how freeing it would be to just give up and let it all go? But I can't. I can't do that. I can't stop thinking about Smith and Wilson and Higgins and Hooper and every other man on the Bagley. I'm haunted by them. And I can't stop feeling this ache in my chest. It's a question. Am I supposed to be alive? Or is it all just a mistake? Am I a mistake. If I stop, they're all gone for good. Maybe you're right, Mickey. Maybe I didn't kill them back then. But if I stop, I will. Have a good night, Mickey.